Hello, fellow cinephiles. I hope you're ready for some tricycles, twins, and red rum. That's right. Today, in the first episode, we are discussing The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. I'm Kenny May. And I'm Alex Rieger. And we're all blocked up. Welcome to this first episode of All Blocked Up. I'm your host, Kenny May, the guy with too many thoughts and too many things. My first co-host of the show is... Alex Rieger. Hi. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about your background and stuff, Alex. Um, I'm a comms major in new media. I uh, just loved movies since I was a kid. I always wanted to get into them. Sounds good. So, The Shining. The Shining. It, initial thoughts, um, some overall ideas before you get down to the nitty gritty. Overall, I think it might be Kubrick's best movie. In my opinion, I can I can see that I have I bet to differ a show that we're going to be do, talking about in a couple weeks, uh, Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. I I would say that that one's his best, but because I see a lot and I've seen a lot of this with Kubrick in general mm-hmm. is he chooses story or spectacle over story definitely, and that just bugs me because mm-hmm. I'm. I prefer a good story. Yeah. I like to be taken into the world, and The Shining did that a bit. Yeah, but there's more it could have done. Definitely. Um, like one thing I will say though, Kubrick is an artistic genius. Oh yeah. His especially with this one of his motifs with this film was those really fast movement cameras. Oh yeah. The Whether it was following the tricycle, the oh them in the maze, yeah. <laughs> the, that was. I feel like that initial bit was out of place mm-hmm. with him all of a sudden seeing them in the diorama. Yeah. That felt out of place because while there was some weird stuff going on with Jack at that time, that was new. Yeah, they didn't really build up to it. They just kind of dropped that bomb on you real quick. Now, when the visions start happening at the bar, oh yeah, that's, a, that's an, that was Everything an amazing sequence. Yeah. Especially with that sudden reveal, dun-dun-dun, spoiler alert, <laughs> that... Oh, uh, I've never, I've never been the owner. It's always been you, Jack. Dun dun dun. Um, now that's probably my biggest overall problem with the movie. Hmm. They drop that bomb. Hmm. They show the picture. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. There's no resolution to the story. That's that's a very common trope in horror movies, and a common failing in horror movies, in my opinion, hmm. is that my that. There's no resolution. There's always, it's always leaving it open. or, at, But in most horror movies, there's at least an explanation. Yeah, I think that's just supposed to add to the kind of, I don't want to say horror, but kind of like psychological aspect of the film. It's like, what does this mean? What does it all mean? Is this all real? Is it all fake? You know? Um, I think Kubrick likes to do that with a lot of his movies. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> he likes to leave it open-ended because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, from what I've heard, the book is really good. Mm. The, bo- uh, the book, King. The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, this amazing story. and But also, one thing to say, that is also a very Stephen King story style. Mm. Absolutely. He spends a ridiculous amount of time in exposition and setting up the story, mm. and then just a bit of action at the end. Yeah. Um, and it's always good for horror movies to leave stories sort of open-ended because that's how you make yeah, more. Absolutely. And like, if you look at the slasher flicks. Well, they're supposed to be doing a sequel to The Shining, I heard. Really? Yeah, it's supposed to be, I forget the child character's name. 
I can't remember. Yeah, but, but we, we all know he's talking yeah. about the guy with the finger. <laughs> the guy with the finger, yeah. Red Rum. Um, it's supposed to be about him growing up and going back to the hotel. Interesting. Yes. And I'm going to assume probably he follows the same path as his I would father assume so. That's how horror movie sequels I work. I think it's been in development hell, though, for a long time. I don't know if they ever actually went through with it. Yeah, it's, it- it's interesting seeing that, how long it takes. Mm. Uh, on a, a good example of that is the newest uh, Steven Spielberg flick, Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. That took Warner, years. Warner Brothers yeah. bought the rights to that book as soon as it came out mm. for a couple hundred thousand dollars. And, it ju- and they just now, a couple years ago, got Spielberg to sign on to it. Yeah, and then look how quick that went with the second he got on board. Oh, yeah. I'm like, sure everybody hopped on board once they saw he was there. Especially, not only that, the changes that they made to the references, A, mm-hmm. made it a bit more timely. Yeah. But also, most of those were Steven Spielberg f- references. Oh, yeah. they had, so speaking they of The Shining, the there's that whole section of that movie that takes Which place in the hotel. isn't a Spielberg. Yeah. So I'm wondering how that works. I mean, uh, it, it's an 80s, it's another 80s thing, mm. but I wonder why that decision was made. But we are not discussing yeah, that no. movie. And <laughs> I could have Sp- gone all And Spielberg that. is another month, and even then we're still not talking about that movie because mm. we're talking about his classic things because I forgot to introduce what this season was. <laughs> this season we're I'm entitling Blockbuster Boys, so we're covering Stanley Kubrick, Steven Spielberg and one of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Those are in, those will be available in the upcoming months. I believe Spielberg is going to happen in February. No, this is happening in February. <laughs> Spielberg is going to be happening in March, and Tarantino is going to be happening in April. Mm. So going back to some of the more interesting shots mm. in the movie, like as I said, I loved what he did with the tricycle and the maze running shots. Mm. What were your, was there any specific sequences that stuck out to you, Alex? I mean, any time the child character was just playing by himself, it almost felt like a Wes Anderson movie. Like, some of the shots were so symmetrical with the the carpet, is which is just, I don't know, you said this was your first time watching the film? Yes, it was. That carpet is, like, famous. Like, they sell shirts with the pattern on it and everything. So, like, any shot with that is great. Um, yeah, just a lot of symmetrical uh, shots, I noticed. Very centered um, especially the shot with the tricycle and the two girls down the hallway. Yeah, I could have seen that in a Wes Anderson movie and not questioned it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that that tricycle is so famous that oh, when uh, Epic Rap Battles got in and made their <laughs> director's ro- battle royale, yeah. that's how he showed up. There was a heartbeat, and he rolled in on a tricycle. Mm. So, moving on then, because as I had said, spectacle over story. Yeah, where do you fall with that? I think you need to find a mixture because you don't just want all exposition just talking to each other. You got to have something to look at while you do so. But I've known of one film that did that, and mm. apparently it was pretty successful. It was never a blockbuster, mm. but it's taken. It's definitely earned a place in film for cinephiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be My Dinner with Andre. I've never seen that. I haven't either, but from what I've heard and from what I've seen about it, it's basically just this entire piece. Where these two guys are having a conversation. Interesting. About the world, about what's going on. It's just mm. these two guys having a real conversation. Basically a podcast. Basically, with acting. yeah. yeah. Podcast with acting and cameras. Yeah. <laughs> Looks around for cameras. Um, Probably my. Besides the whole uh, lack of a resolution or explanation, even, mm-hmm. his character arc 
the Jack's mm-hmm. character arc. It seems a bit rushed. Definitely. Almost. I was literally about to say that. Just out of left field, out of nowhere, he just suddenly starting to go crazy. It's like yeah. there wasn't hints to that in the beginning. I mean... Also, that's another thing that they did that they never took the time to explain. Most of this movie was it was just things showing up and never being explained. Definitely. And that one of those was the bruising on the kid's neck. Mm. It was said, there's a crazy woman, she's the one that choked me. Yeah. He goes up, he finds he finds a crazy he finds a woman, starts making out, oh crap, <laughs> she's a corpse. You know, you hate to see that. But <laughs> it's never ex- obviously a corpse is not gonna be strangling a kid. Yeah. I think at one point it was hinted that the kid did it himself. That's what I thought. They never get, I guess they never give you an explanation, no. so you have to figure it out to yourself. So I always assumed it was either Jack did it or he did it to himself. Another thing that was never explained, since that seems to be our theme right now, mm-hmm. is the uh, African-American worker at the hotel that has The Shining, yeah. just like the kid. When he comes back, mm-hmm. it's never... It's not really pursued much. He shows up, mm. and that's it. He dies. Well, yeah. <laughs> he shows up, he dies. That's it. There, yeah. There's no there's other no... build. Like, with how much time they spent building that relationship. I almost feel like the, that whole, like, him coming back was solely there for shock. Because, I mean, you, know, you don't see it coming when he comes around the corner with the axe. It's... Well, that, but if you're a horror movie fan... Mm. The guy coming back because he senses something is wrong. That's a common trope. Yeah, absolutely. Of any. Because surprisingly, even though this has the more psychological, supernatural almost feel to it, Mm -hmm. it ends up becoming just another slasher fic. Yeah. In the end, absolutely. Especially guy chasing a kid with an axe in the maze. How much... Oh, speaking of which, one of the most iconic parts of that movie, from what I've heard, Mm. completely improvised. And that is the Here's Johnny line. Oh, yeah. It's completely improvised. And surprisingly, for as much of a relationship, as much of a uh, reputation, I should say, that Kubrick has for being this almost anal about details Mm -hmm. and retaking shots hundreds of times. Yeah, letting one of his uh, actors improvise. Oh, it's not just this one. When we get to next week's episode with Clockwork Orange, Mm -hmm. there's a very iconic scene from that that was improv as well, but we'll get to that next week. All right. So, overall, just for the fun of it, because I'm doing this podcast simply because I don't have the focus or discipline to do a journal. I either have the focus of a goldfish or a zen monk. No in between, and it's all about how engaging the material is. Mm. Because of that, the rating system, since all movie podcasts are supposed to give a rating that I've come up with is between one to five goldfish. Okay. So overall, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, how many goldfish? I'm going to say four because it's not perfect, but it's very good. Okay, okay. You know, there, it has its flaws, but overall, I think it's my personal favorite Kubrick film. Okay. See, I agree that it's a, it is a good film. It's definitely one of his better ones that I've seen. Mm. I would say it's about three the three goldfish because there are times where his lovingness of shock and spectacle over story jars you so much that it takes you out of the world. Definitely. And 
I, I enjoy being in the world because mm. once you have someone in the world, you can get away with a yeah, lot. You're invested. The, dis the disbelief is suspended. Absolutely. Purposefully shaking people out. It's definitely an artistic choice. Yeah. Just not. It doesn't work well with me. So. So the opinions of two college students on this classic film that everybody has already talked about. Uh, precisely. Congrats, Kubrick. <laughs> so. some goldfish. There you have it. That is our rating of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Join us next week for talking about his next movie, The Clockwork Orange. Until then, I'm Kenny May. And this has been Alex Rieger. And we're still all blocked up. <laughs>